Are you an entrepreneur, industry expert, or influencer? Did you know that speaking is one of the highest paying professions in the world? Download my free PDF checklist now and you can learn how you can become a highly paid speaker. Go to jamieabbott.com forward slash speaker guide. Hello and welcome to Pitch Perfect, the podcast where we shine a spotlight on the power of effective communication, strategic business thinking, and the spirit of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Jamie Abbott. I've spent years mastering the art of public speaking and public relations, weathered the storm in the business world, and have emerged not only surviving, but thriving in the face of challenges. And now I'm here to share my insights and experiences with you, whether you're an entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, a marketing professional wanting to sharpen your skills, or simply someone who wants to become a better communicator, this podcast is for you. So buckle up and join me on this journey. Let's learn, grow, and conquer the world of public speaking, public relations, marketing, and business strategy together. Welcome to Pitch Perfect. Well, my guest today is Leticia Ondrak, and she is an energetics and strategy business mentor, also known as a business doula, as she carved this name for her work. She is a founder and CEO of Essential Shift Consulting Proprietary Limited. Leticia helps women leaders and entrepreneurs in creating a soul-aligned business, career, and life without burning out. Now, she believes that what What you think in your head and mind, what you feel and are passionate about in your heart and soul, and what you are creating with your hand and will are deeply connected. Hence the logo of her business essential shift with the three circles, which represent these three elements. She's making ancient spiritual wisdom accessible for business modern day entrepreneurs. And Leticia has a solid grounding in mindfulness, started meditation as a five-year-old, for example, and spirituality, a lineage of healers, along with an authentic say-it-as-it-is approach and impressive business savvy and strategic background. She incorporates her 15-plus years in business and leadership to guide women to create soul and business alchemy. Her passion is to bring a sense of the sacred and intentionality to everyday life. Leticia is a mother of two, um, two girls and lives in Cronulla Beach and she's attempting to practice what she teaches coaches and mentors and that is creating a life that is aligned and sustainable. Leticia, welcome to Pitch Perfect. Thank you for having me, Jamie. Uh, what an intro. Um, I, th- I've never had anyone like you on my podcast, actually. And what you do is absolutely incredible. I guess I just want to start off. I've got so many questions to ask you, but how did you get into this? Because, I mean, burnout is a real thing. And I know I have fallen, I've got a fallen victim to burnout in the last couple of years. And I'm very susceptible to that because I'll just keep going and going and going. How did you kind of get into that world and really forming a soul aligned business? Thank you for asking this question. So for me, it's been, you know, a journey of trial and error. So I didn't, you know, I didn't wake up one morning. I was like, oh my gosh, 
It's going to be essential shift consulting and it's going to be helping this and this and that. What you've read today, what we're sharing today is about 15 years in the making, basically. It's really through creating other businesses before. So I created three other businesses before this one, which were all beautiful lessons through the failures that I experienced with them. So it was really trial and error. And my own burnout happened in 2014. And it's through this burnout that I really, through this moment of darkness, of really falling down, that I kind of gathered all the pieces of myself and what was really unique about me. So this is when I really reconnected with my own lineage, my knowledge as a healer, my practices, my spiritual practices, my connection with the season, with the moon, and weaving that with deep strategy knowledge through being a strategy consultant and all of that. So it's really about trial and error. So I just want anyone who is listening to this and maybe like, oh my gosh, she knows her shit. Yes, I do. But it took me time to find what was my, my craft, you know, what is my craft and what I'm really amazing at. So inviting any listener to know that actually I stumble upon doing this work. Uh, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I come from a farmer background and I really believe that as entrepreneurs, we are farmers. We are connected to the cycle of season. We are connected to ourselves and the soils that we create our business upon. So I really want everyone to just connect with themselves. If they want to be an entrepreneur, then just trial and you may fail, but all the time you will learn your lessons. So that's how I ended up doing this. It was more kind of an invitation. I was mentoring startup and scale-up since 2012 through my work as a strategy consultant and then as a general manager in Telstra when I was mentoring startup in Murudi and investing in startup and all of that. And after a while, everyone was coming to me being like, oh my gosh, your way of helping us design our strategy is really different to other people because I start with the person that I'm helping design the strategy rather than the other way around. And it was then that I ended up creating Essential Shift. But Essential Shift, before being named Essential Shift, was called differently. And it was a different business, which was all about just innovation. So I, you know, everything evolves. And maybe if you listen to this podcast, as it's evergreen in five years, maybe I'll be doing something else. And that's all good. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And so just taking you back, so I think you mentioned it was 2014 when you had that burnout experience. What actually happened for you? Because some people who are listening to this may know exactly what you're talking about, but for others, like I was in that same boat two years ago, I had no idea what burnout was. So what was the kind of the trigger and, and the symptoms and the fallout? Can you sort of take me through and describe that experience? Yes, definitely. So I really, from the outward, and the story I was telling myself is I was on the top of my game. I was a strategy consultant. I had just been to Berlin where I was facilitating the Bloomberg Philanthropy Maya Challenge. So picture this, Mike Bloomberg in the room. I was mentoring about 21 cities, European cities, around social impact and innovation for social impact in one of my favorite city in Europe, which is Berlin, which is so vibrant. And I was just like, you know, on the top of it. And at the same time, writing, you know, some thought leadership for the firms that I was working at as a strategy consultant and mentoring some new um, members of the team and, you know, selling some project here and there for multi-million deal. Like everything was like 
amazing, right? But what happened is I came back from this trip in Berlin and the you know the next few days I was very tired so it started with me being tired which is very unusual I'm neurodiverse I am very active I wake up in the morning and straight away I'm like let's go let's do something about this day you know really this overachieving mindset and all of that and that morning I couldn't leave my bed I was just lying down and Johan, who is now my husband, looked at me. I was like, what's happening? I was like, I don't know. I just have like zero energy. I don't know what's happening. I don't want to wake up. I was really like, my body didn't want to move, you know? So I decided to call the office and say I was sick. It was the first time we take a sick leave in, you know, seven years of doing this work. And I would go, you know, even when I was vomiting and I would hide myself in the toilet, you know, to vomit if I had, you know, gastro, like I would just, you know, hide myself when I was sick and I would still take myself to the office. But that day I couldn't. So I went to the doctor. She asked me a few questions. I burst into tears. And then she said, you're burnt out. Couldn't process that. My ego, my brain couldn't process that. For me, burnout was not something I would face. You know, it was, I had seen people burning out because especially through the you know strategy consulting work you like having a life expectancy of seven years is quite high <laughs> like people don't last that long that environment and so basically I had seen a lot of people burn out and for me I was like no I'm not one of those I'm very strong I'm like all the story I was telling myself so I was really ashamed with the diagnostic I decided to still take the few weeks off that she recommended and I didn't say to my office I didn't say to my friends I hide about the burnout for years. I only started sharing about it when I moved to Australia as a permission to rebirth myself. But I I was not, I didn't want to attach my identity to I have burnt out, if that makes sense. Mm. So that's how it happened. It's like my body didn't want to move. So I was at the last stage of burnout. If you read my book, it's I'm not the one who developed this, but there are 12 stages of burnout that are identified by researcher. And if you suffer of burnout, I am not your gal to help you recover. You need to go and seek for, you know, professional that will help you, doctors, uh, psychologists, all of those kind of things. So here again, I'm not like guiding you to recover from the burnout. It's more like bringing awareness into the subtle sign of the burnout. And the subtle sign of the burnout is really starting to feel like you have less drive, you have less motivation to do the thing, to see people and things like that. And I didn't notice those little signs. I had to wait till I hit rock bottom to really address the burnout and Uh once you've burned out once you have a tendency to burn out easily so that's where I really hold myself accountable and I help my clients to do the same thing in terms of making sure you're not burning out again yeah that's so interesting because I would have thought if you have burnt out once you should be more aware of the warning signs next time around so it doesn't work that way so in terms of research, what they noticed, it's actually someone who burnt out once is more likely to burn out again because you're suffering from adrenal fatigue. So you've like burnt yourself. So you have less resistance and you may burn out more easily. So definitely developing self-awareness and being really aware and looking for the subtle sign because you will move from the, you know, stage one with a subtle sign quicker to stage 12 if you've burnt out once. 
Mm, interesting. You know, I never really thought this was a thing, but it was um, this year actually after my launch. It was my third launch. It was in June this year. So only yeah, two months ago, it was probably about three months ago. It was the first week of June. Uh, after my launch, I literally couldn't get out of bed. I um, People were saying to me, we haven't seen you on Instagram. I think it was 10 days or maybe I went two weeks or something without even doing an Instagram story because I just could not... I didn't have any motivation to even just show up to do an Instagram story because I just put so much into this eight-day campaign launch of really concentrated marketing. So is this something which you can help women with? Is this this what you do, bread and butter, um, helping women in particular uh, to avoid burning out? Yes. So in the, so my clients are mainly women. I also help male, but my target is mainly women because I really want to close the gap in terms of men successfully raising their business and paying themselves well and having profitable growth and accessing funding and all of those kind of things that we know exists in reality. So I want to, you know, help the women that, you know, correcting those bias. So I focus mainly on women. And what I've noticed, it's a lot of the way that are taught are really masculine way of growing your business and selling and launching and growing which is not necessarily sustainable as a woman because we are way more cyclical. We have the cycle of the season in life that affect us. If we are mother, if we are premenopausal, menopausal, we have the cycle of the moon affecting us and the cycle of our bleed, our flow. We have, you know, all of those cycles, the cycle of the seasons that are really affecting us. And that's where I really help my clients to grow a business sustainably by really honoring their own energy. So we start with the self-awareness. What's your energy? How can you honor your own energy based on your dosha, which is an ancient spiritual practice from India, which is really the science of life. We call it in India. And I was trained as an Ayurveda practitioner about 17 years ago when I lived in India. So it's really bringing this knowledge of self so that you run your business in alignment with yourself and not with someone else's recipe for you to launch, to sell, to so on and so forth. So sometimes, you know, a launch can be great depending on your type of energy. If you're a pita person, go and launch for three days. Put the whole fire there and go all in. If you're more a kapha person, then maybe you need like three, four weeks to launch and you launch more slowly consistently you know it's like everyone will find and this you'll discover it as you go along with your business but yeah I really help a lot of my clients come to me like my ideal clients they come to me they're like I've been in business three seven ten years I've grown into you know this multiple six figure seven figure and how do I grow to the next stage because right now I'm like hangover burnt out lost my mojo lost my spark I don't even know how to grow it to the next level because I just like I can't sustain this. Mm. And so do you find most people come to you after they've been burnt out or do you, is that, yeah, it's, I can imagine because people don't think it's ever going to affect them, do they, until it happens? So I would say it's it's very interesting because I have some clients who come on recommendation of someone else who is like, okay, she's going to help you not burning out as you grow your business. So I have clients coming in the more early days. And so then we are setting up the right foundation for them to never burn out. But I would say 
60, 70% of my clients, I need to run the data to make sure I'm giving you a right number. I was a general manager in data insights and commercialization in Telstra. So I love data as well as intuition, just for you to know. So I want the data to be right. But if I run the numbers, maybe we'll land around 60 to 70% of the women that comes to me have already suffered from a small to hard burnout. Yeah, right. I see. And of course, this is not, um, I don't know if it's probably the majority of what you do, because when you look at your website and and we'll talk about your book in a moment, actually, which is very exciting. But when you look at your LinkedIn profile and you know, I did a fair bit of research about you um, before you came on today, and I'm so stoked you're here. Um, and I know I've, I've been trying to get you onto the show for months now, but one of the things that you really specialize in, and it seems to be a big focus for you is increasing your clients' revenue streams. And you've got some incredible yeah. results. I mean, you've even on your um, your LinkedIn profile, you, you're talking about how you helped a client um, create a brand new monthly recurring revenue stream of 30K after only a few hours of working with you. Another client, I think, um, unlocked a revenue stream and made $25,000 in 24 hours. Um, yes. How do you do this? Is, is it really a mindfulness thing or is it business strategy or is it all of the above? It's a mix of two. So what I love to say is I play in between innovation strategy and intuition and spirituality. I am this bridge between both of those worlds, which today are very disconnected. But if you go back to ancient practices of doing business, you know, the ancient merchants, the ancient farmer, they were really connecting both elements. So I used to be a strategy and innovation consultant for a big firm, which was called Dublin Monitor in the US. And in Telstra, I was there just to develop new growth, new revenue stream, because we know telecommunication is not going to be the next wave of big growth and revenue. So Telstra, if you have any listener who are Overseas, it's like Verizon in the US, it's like Orange in France, it's like Vodafone in the UK. So this is like a big telecommunication company. And I was hired by them to really develop new growth and new revenue stream. So this is like something that my creative brain love to see in people. When I look at someone's business and I work with them on their energy and their intuition, then quickly we unlock something that was a gold mine you know, like the story of the digger, you know, they were digging close to the gold, but then they gave up. And I'm like helping them dig the last few, you know, knock and then boom, we found this gold, which was there and has always been there. So I just come and I, you know, light, bring the light on their, you know, blind spots. Because when you're a CEO in your business, you always have blind spots. And I do too. And my husband who has the same background as a former strategy consultant, my favorite thing to do is sitting down with him when the girls are sleeping, having a red wine, and for both of us to be like, what is my blind spot? And he will tell me what's my blind spot, and I will tell him what is his blind spot. We used to work together, by the way. So it's like we really know each other very well, and he's the best at you know putting the light on my blind spot, and that's what I do for my clients. That's great. And so do you work with anyone? So anyone who's in a service-based or product-based business and you kind of look at their business from the outside in and give them ideas for extra revenue? Yes. I don't care what your business is. And this is coming from 15 years of experience working across the board in multiple type of businesses. When I was a strategy consultant, they didn't care if it was, you know, a defense business or defense, you know, like public servant, or if it was an hospital 
or if it was, you know, um, Sanofi, which is a pharmaceutical company, or if it was, you know, um, Renault, which is a car company, it's just like, go there, make it profitable, make it work, find a way, find a solution. And that's exactly what I do now with my clients. Like I come from the outside and I bring awareness for them to see those blind spots and to unlock those potential for them. So that's why, you know, I have success story and they came on my podcast of, you know, a business which may create from zero, six million in 18 months. How the fuck did that happen? Just because I have those 15 years of experience of seeing the gold hidden. Wow, that's a real um, skill. I think that's very, very exciting. I want a piece of that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people who um, are in my world, I mean, I've got people from health um, coaches, course creators, but a lot of people who listen to this podcast are online course creators. And I know that you work with a lot of course creators yourself. And so is it simply a matter of I'm an online business owner. Here's an extra source of online revenue that I could be looking at. Or is it basically, it could be anything. I could be thinking, oh, maybe I should be seeing more clients in person. Or how is it not, not a one size fits all, I can imagine. No way. No, 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 no. Course creators, it's great if they can, you know, sell and create and birth. That's why I love to call myself a business doula because I help them birth this thing. can be a course, but often it's actually outside of the box thinking that will create for you the most profitable revenue stream. And maybe it is, you know, and you're specialized in this, you know, developing a speaker revenue stream. Or maybe it is, you know, holding a very premium retreat. Or maybe it is developing actually a software that supports your clients through their you know, customer journey and what is their next pain point. And that's where, you know, being a former human-centered design practitioner and trainer, now I don't train human-centered design anymore. That's why I say former, but I use a lot of human-centered design approach, which is knowing the customer journey and what is missing. What is the missing link? And sometimes it's developing, you know, a new software. And I have clients because I have a, you know, a lot of knowledge around software development and so on. So I can help them. Think about, okay, let's develop a software revenue stream. Or if it's a speaker opportunity, okay, so let's think about that and then go and work with Jamie. She will help you, you know, be on stage and, and promote that. But it's like looking at what you have, really the gold, like what I was doing in Telstra is was looking at the untapped assets that Telstra was having to create multi-million billion new revenue stream. So I'm not scared about big numbers. I love big numbers, actually. Uh -huh. So, uh, and I love small numbers too, you know, sometimes it may be, okay, I'm just going to host, uh, you know, a workshop in person and develop this, or maybe I will, you know, impact the whole community and create a group of people developing, birthing a cooperation and a partnership. I am not limiting to one because what I love actually, and this is my neurodiverse brand, uh, brain, sorry, it's diversity. I would be so bored if I had to support only online courses, creator. I would be so bored if I was only supporting software startup or project-based businesses. I love the mix. It's so oh, rich. I can tell. I can just see it in your face and hear it in your voice. That's so exciting. Also, what's exciting is your book. And you talked about the lights before and shining a light with, you, with your husband um, just at, when the kids went to bed every night. So your book is called Light It. Tell me a little bit about what the book is all about and how it came to be. 
Yes. So the book is called Light It, How to Trust Your Intuition and Build a Thriving Business. So what I realized is something that was missing in entrepreneurship is people outsourcing their decision-making and their intuition to someone else. So they would go and look for a mentor, for a business coach, for, you know, uh, someone that they really see up to or comparison, you know, on the internet and things like that. And they will be like, okay, I'm going to do that. But this is outsourcing your own decision-making, your own intuition, your own assumptions on how to grow your business. So what I really want is I want everyone to re-internalize this and go back to reconnecting with their inner light and potentially in the framework, the light framework, that's why it's called Light It, because in the book, the framework, former strategy consultant, we know framework, right? And the framework is different to a blueprint. A blueprint is like, you have to do this and it works. A framework is you adapt this to your own needs, okay? Very different. So um, the in the light framework, I really speak about how you need to do things in your unique way. And leaning in, which is the L of the framework, leaning in towards your unique way of being a business owner, being a sacred CEO, as I call it, so that no one else can copy you, no one else can take your IP, and no one else can tell you what to do. You internalize all of this, and then nothing can dethrone you. You are the sacred CEO, and you're running your business in your own way. What's really important in the light framework is a G, which is about gathering. And this is where you have your village around you. You have all the people that may, you know, shine the light on something that is in your blind spot, as I described before. And as part of my village, my husband is here. I also have my spiritual mentor, my auntie with, you know, in my lineage, one of the you know, most experienced healer in my lineage. So I have like my own village as well, which I gather around me to help me grow my business. So the book came to life from a place of, I didn't know I wanted to write a book. From a place of, I meditated, I went on a silent retreat for a full day as I was grieving a friend of us who passed away of cancer very quickly, who I used to work with in strategy consulting. And this book came through me. It was like, teach them the light framework. I was like, I don't fucking know what the light framework is. Yes, it's the way you've always lived. It's the way you know things. And this is how after this, like everything came through. The light framework came and it's applicable to anything. It's applicable to your business. It's applicable to the journey of writing a book, but it's also applicable to your love life. My mother-in-law read the book and she was like, oh my gosh, it's helping me so much with my love life. I was like, that's good. I didn't know about this. So it's just, you know, you when you find something that's really resonating with oneself, it's because it's coming from a place of trusting yourself. I trust in myself and my intuition to write this book. But I wrote it in English. I'm a native French speaker. Writing is not my forte. And if I did it, like you can trust your intuition and do it too, because I know that my book is already impacting so many, given the your feedback I received from the early readers. That's amazing. And it's only in the um the pre-sale stage at the moment. We'll put the the link um to this uh, to buy the book in the show notes, but you can go to lightitbook.com. What was the process like, um, Leticia, of writing a book? Did it take you forever? Was it a fun process? How would you describe that? Different phase through the process, you know, and um what I love to explain through the writing process is first of all. 
when the idea of the book came, when it came through me in this meditative stage, I trusted my intuition straight away and I decided to go with the L of the framework, which was a leaning in. So straight away, I looked for a mentor. I was like, if I need to write a book, I need someone to help me through the journey of writing a book. I need to have someone who walked the path before and can help me and guide me and hold my hand through the journey. And that was the best decision ever because otherwise during the journey of writing a book, you have like entrepreneurship, like motherhood, like relationship, ups and downs, ups and downs. And things that are coming up, we're like, oh, I thought I had dealt with this. Oh, it's again. So it's like the rejection from publisher, all of those kind of moments, a hard moment to navigate. And having someone by my side and going all in and being like, okay, I'm going to be an author. And I released the post on Instagram, released the post on LinkedIn, sent an email to my email list, communicated to everyone. I was like, I'm writing a book. And then it's like my way of being held accountable. So I lean in, I went all in with that. So that was fun. The leaning in part, you know, being like, I'm writing a book. But then coming up with the mapping of the book and then starting writing it was, you know, kind of the, it's not the hardest part because the hardest part was the feedback from my book mentor. But the first, you know, getting pen on paper and starting writing was kind of challenging to me because I wanted it to be perfect. So I spent a lot of time on the structure. And again, being a former strategy consultant, we know how the structure of a presentation is everything. In strategy consulting, we spend weeks for, you know, a presentation to a board around what's the story, what's the story, what are the points in the story? So I was like, okay, the story, the storyboarding, what's the storyboarding? And I, I got stuck in that for a few months. And that's why my book mentor was like, I think you need to start writing now. All right. Okay, so I will start writing. So then I was fun to write the first shitty draft, as I called it. But then sending it to my book mentor and receiving her feedback was really challenging. So that's why, you know, you really see the roller coaster. Because it's like, okay, it's done. My book is done. No, no, it was not done at all. I had a lot of rework, rework to do and so on. But this is where I honor it. I give myself some months to walk away from the book and then start writing again. And so, yeah, so it was, you know, there is... A part which were very fun, part which were very challenging. But what I would say, it's like any project you take on board, just be prepared for an, an amazing growth journey. Yeah, wow. So I think this book was an amazing growth journey. And I'm really proud of what I have written. Could be better, could be perfect. But as I always say, uh, perfection is like inaction. So I'd rather, you know, act and have something imperfectly delivered to all of you. And as the founder of LinkedIn would say, if you're not ashamed of your first product, then you released it too late. So I have a bit of shame, but I am very proud as well. Oh, I can't wait to read it myself. Leticia, if people want to work with you, and I'm sure they will after listening to this, how can people get in touch with you and how do you work? Is it one-on-one coaching, one-off sessions or a series of sessions, a program, a membership, a course, all of the above? How can people get involved um, to work with you? It's like a buffet. You get to choose <laughs> what you want to eat. Being French, you know, it's all about the food analogy. No, but you can, um, you know, if you're already on the podcast right now listening, you can listen to my podcast, the Essential Shift podcast, and then you can get used to listening to me, what I'm teaching, see if it resonates with you. You can listen to some case study of my clients who come on my podcast and I love for them to share their story of working with me. And if you're ready to be challenged, get your kick butt softly, as they always say, my clients, and in a French way. So I'm not always 
complimenting you. I'm not very Aussie or British. I'm always getting straight into what needs to change. So no BS with me. Um, you can work with me either within my membership, which is called The Circle, or you can join my courses. I have a few self-paced courses and live courses as well. And then if you're like, okay, I want more and exclusive support, you can join my mastermind. And if you really like, okay, I just want to upgrade myself and be very one-to-one -one with Leticia, I have a few spots for one-to-one, -one, but I only take very few clients one-to-one -one because then it's those who I really transformed their business, you know, and scale it with them. So it's very energy demanding for me and I'm looking out for my own energy. So I don't take many one-to-one. Oh, well, that's, yeah, I can't wait to um, to see what you're going to be doing in the future. Can't wait to read your book. Thank you so much, Thank Leticia, you. for coming on to Pitch Perfect today. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Thank you, Jamie, for having me. Thanks for listening to Pitch Perfect. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it and share it to social media. If you'd like to download my free paid speaking resources, go to jamieabbott.com.